Welcome, all you sinners and sodomites, to episode 42 of Bible Stories for Atheists. I am Josh. I'm Linz. And we are your guides to the concentrated, consecrated stories, literally, literarily littering the Bible. It's quite the alliteration. It is. Yeah. It's been sitting out there for quite a while. Yeah. I finally get to use it. It actually makes sense. This episode, we're talking about Joshua. Yeah. My namesake. <sighs> Jesus fucking Christ. Jesus fucking Christ, indeed. <laughs> he doesn't show up in this, just to be clear. No, his name does get used in vain. Yes, he does. <laughs> it does. We're kicking off the series and, and we're starting with where we left off previously when we started this whole show. We're, we're talking about the book of Joshua. Right, and which is directly after Moses dies. Yes. And it is full of water and dick skins and prostitutes. And rocks. It's going to be a great episode. Mm. It's a great episode. Mm -hmm. It always is. Yes. When we're talking about the Bible. Yes. Lots of. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) So strap in and strap on for episode 42. Rinse and repeat. Repeat and rinse. Yeah, I need to clean this bitch. (laughs) (laughs) This is the bitch, not you. That wasn't like a comma bitch. I know. To be clear. I would have gotten a way different reaction from me if I thought you just called me a bitch. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Be a weird thing to get aggressive about. I need to clean this bitch. (laughs) So we're kicking into, we're kicking in. We're kicking in the door right into Joshua. Right into the book of Joshua. Kicking down the door of Deuteronomy and into the door of the book of Joshua. Anyway. Okay. Um, just as a... <laughs> let's just get into it. So uh, to recap, because it's been quite a while. It was episode nine. Really was the last time we left off with Moses. Okay. So to recap, in the beginning, there was God. Mm. And apparently, mm-hmm. and God created everything. everything. There was like a whole brother killing brother thing. Yes. And then like a flood, quote unquote, yes. that destroyed the whole world as far as Noah could tell. Yeah. <laughs> because he didn't go around the entire world, as you pointed out, which is a really good point. And then there was Abraham and Isaac. Right. So God makes this promise to this guy named Abraham, says, Hey, I'll give you this land. You got to kill one of your sons. He did. There was a whole thing about yeah. him. Yeah. Lots sacrificing of, lots of family yeah. murder. Right. In, in the start of the Bible. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of murder in general. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. God makes a covenant with Abraham saying, you know, one day your descendants will have this land of Canaan. And it takes a while. Yeah. Uh, he goes through one son, Isaac. Isaac doesn't get the land. Uh, he goes through another, his grand, the grandson, Jacob mm-hmm. slash mm-hmm. Israel. He doesn't get the land. 
He gets a lot of land, though. He does acquire yeah. a lot of land. Yeah. yeah. I weirdly he wherever he digs a well. Yes, he digs shitloads of well. Lots of wells. Sets up lots of little pillars. Yes. And stuff, if you remember. Um, it, it conveniently seeming to sound like, oh, they're just trying to uh, make it seem like he, uh, like there's stories why the descendants own the land. Mm. You know, it's not actually that it happened. It's just like, here's the story of right why we deserve to be here. Sure. Anyway, and then Jacob's son, Joseph, ends up leading the whole family into Egypt, which goes really great for them for a little while. Mm-hmm. And then notoriously goes downhill. They There's Moses who has to get them all out of slavery. And they go across the Red Sea, which would be hundreds of miles out of their way if they actually crossed the Red Sea. So they most likely just crossed the Suez Canal. Right. Is what actually would have happened. Yes. And as we know, you don't really have to park the waters there. Sometimes it gets really shallow. Yeah. God sent the (laughs) the... This cruise ship, not cruise ship, this cargo ocean, ship. Ocean liner, Evergreen, yeah. <laughs> to block the Suez Canal. So that they could cross. Yeah, you know, there's the Ten Commandments and Mount Sinai and and uh, wandering the desert for 40 yeah. years. And food coming from the sky. Food coming from the sky, manna. Yeah. Yes. And we get this one part. There's two There's two stories. We we covered this uh, where, where Moses gets rocks gets rocks from water. Oh. It's water from a rock. I was going to say it's rock hard. <laughs> I was like, I don't remember this story. It's one of the Bible. circumcision stories. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's water from rocks. Yeah. Rock yes. water. Rock water. Yes. yes. You remember that. <laughs> so, so the second time that happens, he pisses off God so much for some reason, not really clear why. Um, it pisses off God so much that he says that nobody who was alive when they left Egypt is going to make it into the promised land, um, with only a couple exceptions. And one of those exceptions is Joshua. Mm. Joshua was his assistant and, uh, left Egypt. So is at least 40 years old, probably closer to 50 or 60 Right at the time that we're uh, picking this up, I don't think we get his actual age, but um, well, when he left, when they left Egypt, was he already like Moses's right hand man, or is yeah. that something he came to oh. over time? Yeah, they don't really say because like, was he, he like a five year old right hand man? And Moses right. is like trying like an to, altar boy. He's trying. <laughs> he's trying to leave <laughs> Egypt, and he's like, "This is my right hand." <laughs> child yeah <laughs> joshua joshua's really, like hey what's up dude yeah because really shouldn't shouldn't his right hand man have been aaron his brother oh yeah you know? that dirty sorcerer the dirty sorcerer yeah <laughs> maybe the one, maybe the one who was actually the hero of that story a lot of it yeah because he was the actual one performing the miracles and right. stuff like that a lot of the time um but he was if you remember there's the story of him making idols yes. for the Israelites when Moses was up on the mountain and everything. And they're like, we just want idols. Yeah. And he's like, all right, here you go. <laughs> he hi- it just turns out Aaron can't say no to people. Right. Yeah. He's a real pushover. Yeah. And so maybe that's why he's not Moses's assistant. Is, Possibly. Is that was the falling out. Anyway, 
So that's kind of where we left off. Also see the re-released episode of episode 10 that we released two weeks ago. So that covers uh, some really interesting stuff about the documentary hypothesis, how there's different versions of the same stories that they combine, that somebody combined together in, to make what people think is a cohesive story of right. Genesis and Exodus and you know, the first five books of the Bible. Likely those were compiled by Ezra a thousand years after the event supposedly happened. There's no archaeological evidence of Exodus. That's one thing we covered right. in there. Um, archaeological evidence that Egypt was actually occupying the land of Canaan, what becomes Israel the, uh, mm -hmm. during the time that, like in the Bible, it doesn't mention any of that, right. that, that Egypt was actually there. And then there's drought and famine and uh, fighting that came around uh, 700 something BCE that um, that caused everybody to leave that land. And then these tribes came out of the hills, likely uh, saw that the cities were basically abandoned and took over. Mm. And that's likely where this these nations, these tribes came together to form uh, a couple nations, uh, the nation of Israel and the nation of Judah. Gotcha. Riveting. Riveting, yes. <laughs> yes. So that's the actual history versus the biblical version right. of it. Which is, which much is more a propaganda people. version. Yeah. Yes. All that to say, that's that's just kind of setting up where we're at with the book of Joshua. Moses just died. They weren't allowed to go into the land of Canaan because Moses was apparently the last person alive from that generation. But now that Moses has died, Joshua can take over and God is going to have him. Go take the land. But wait a minute. You said anybody who was in Egypt when they left couldn't yeah. go in. So Joshua was the not born yet? No, he was the exception. He, him oh. and one other. And it's did, an interesting. Did God say that? Yeah. So there's. There, yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine having that conversation with God? And he's like, no one except Joshua and this other guy. Yeah. And these. here's a list. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's um, much like why God got angry at Moses in the first place about the rock water. Um, it's ambiguous why God let Joshua go through. Uh, one thing is there's a story that uh, uh, Joshua and this guy named Caleb uh, were spies that Moses sent, well Moses sent them out to spy God, on spies. enemies. Yeah. And um, because of them doing that, they were Caleb specifically was allowed to enter the the promised land, right? Um, Caleb see. specifically was they, and they did not see Joshua, but Joshua was allowed to. It sounds like from context, simply because he was the assistant to Moses. It's this weird thing where it's like really up for debate why right. Joshua got allowed. At the end of the day, the only thing that matters is. He's like the only person allowed to. Yeah. And not that it even. And Caleb. Not that it even comes up. Yeah. I don't know if Caleb is ever going to show up again. No. Either. Yeah. But like. That screams movie franchise right there. Like I'm not a big <laughs> fan of these. These Christian propaganda films. But I would watch one called God Spy. God Spy. I, I bet. I bet. There's one. There's a movie out there with Kevin Sorbo in it. I was thinking Where he plays real, God spy. I was thinking real old school, like Ten Commandments sort of Charlton Heston. Charlton Heston type movie. I bet Heston would have done it. He a hundred percent would have done it. Yeah. 
is he still alive? He might still do it. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's not. You know? <laughs> I Quentin Tarantino directed a film starring Bruce Dern called God Spy. God Spy. It'd be amazing. Yeah. Anyway. Good. Godly priorities. All right. Um, I should give a quick disclaimer about these readings. First of all, if you hear what sounds like frying bacon in the background, it's because I was frying bacon while I was reading it. Um, no, it's rain. So oh. and I didn't think it was going to get picked up as much as it does. So don't adjust your headphones or your speaker or anything like that. Um, second, if you hear what sounds like someone getting really annoyed while they're reading the Bible, that's me getting really annoyed while they're reading while I'm reading the Bible. Um, <laughs> and it kind of sounds like this. And the priest bearing the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. Jesus fucking Christ. (laughs) (laughs) There is so much of that. I am so glad you played that for everybody because that's how Josh sounds most days. (laughs) (laughs) It's not just reading the Bible. No. (laughs) It's just getting through life. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Uh, yeah, so this, this, <laughs> it's okay. this picture, literally every time I say something, <sighs> Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> Even if I don't say it out loud. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I made a few notes here. This shit is so repetitive. Um, it's a lot of like, the Lord, your God over all the earth. The Lord of whose God? The Lord, my God, the Lord, your God, the Lord, our God over all the earth, over where? Over all the earth. It's a lot of that stuff. It's be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous, be strong and very courageous and so forth. <laughs> setting it, setting it up right at the top. Right. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses's assistant, saying, My servant Moses is dead. Now proceed to cross the Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the Israelites. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, as I promised to Moses, from the wilderness and the Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, to the great sea in the west shall be your territory. No one shall be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for I shall lead this people to possess the land that I swore to their ancestors to give them. Only be strong and very courageous being careful to act in accordance with all the law that my servant Moses commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, so that you may be successful wherever you go. This book of law shall not depart from your mouth. You shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to act in accordance with all that is written in it. For then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you shall be successful. I hereby command you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened or dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. 
I like zoned out halfway through. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Um, so Joshua is the son of Nun. Yeah. So so it's N U N. Like son of a nun. A nun. Yeah. So and who knows who nun is? I am kind of curious if this is where nuns get their name. That'd be weird. I know, but it's an odd thing that it's spelled exactly the same and everything. Yeah. But uh, well, yeah, we'd have to look at the root of the word nun to figure that out, and we're not going to do that. No. I don't really have much to say or wax philosophic on this yeah. whole thing. I do. Okay, good. So the big thing God is telling him. Here. Was that he has all that land? There's the land. Yeah. But in order to have the land, he has to walk on it. Well, yes, but also cross the Jordan. But also, he has to obey all the commands. Well, yeah, he has to <laughs> obey all the commands that Moses gave them. Oh, the right? ten. No, all the commands. There's the ten commandments, but that's not all of them. Right. Why are those separate? Did somebody? Nobody knows. Did somebody write them down? The other commandments, yeah, we co- we actually covered quite a bit of them previously. I'm sure we did. Yeah, <laughs> but if you're if if you have forgotten, I just randomly picked a chapter in Deuteronomy. I genuinely oh, that's right, those are the a random. Command. I genuinely picked a random chapter in in Deuteronomy. Okay, here's a few of the commands. All right, fine. just in Deuteronomy chapter 22, verse five. A woman shall not wear a man's apparel, nor shall a man put on a woman's garment. For whoever does such things is abhorrent to the Lord your God. Right? Priorities. Uh, Verses six and seven. If you come on a bird's nest. Oh. (laughs) In a tree or on the ground with fledglings or eggs. with With the mother sitting on the fledglings or on the eggs. You shall not take the mother with the young. Let the mother go, taking only the young for yourself in order that it may go well f- with, with you and you may live long. What the fuck does that mean? Only eat the eggs or the baby birds. Mm, baby birds. Leave the mother alone. Right. So, she can so that you more. will have good fortune. Oh, yeah. That's it. It's not even so she'll have more. It's just so that it will go well for you. Okay. And you may live long. I mean, the reason is so that the the mother bird will have more. Yeah, I mean, in it's theory. keeping this the food chain open. Yeah, yeah. But these are the the commandments that of God. Verse eleven: You shall not wear clothes made of made of wool and linen woven together. Oh well, fuck. Yeah, yeah. You sh- Verse twelve: You shall make tassels on the four corners of the cloak with which you cover yourself. You have to have tassels. tassels. Yeah. There's a lot of fashion advice in the Bible. Yeah. God was really obsessed with the way people were dressed. Yeah. Verses 13 through 21. Right. Suppose a man marries a woman, but after going into her, dislikes her and hate and makes up charges against her, slandering her by saying, I married this woman, but when I lay with her, I did not find evidence of her virginity. The father of the young woman and her mother shall then submit the evidence of the young woman's virginity to the elders at the city gate. The father of the young woman shall say to the elders, I gave my daughter in marriage to this man, but he dislikes her. And now he has made up charges against her, saying, I did not find evidence of your daughter's virginity. 
but here is the evidence of my daughter's virginity. Yeah, here's the blood sheet. Yeah. Right? Then they shall spread out the cloth before the elders of the town. The elders of that town shall take the man and punish him. They shall find him 100 shekels of silver, which shall which they shall give to the young woman's father because he has slandered a virgin of Israel. She shall remain his wife. He shall not be permitted to divorce her as long as she lives, as long as he lives. If, however, this charge is true, that evidence of the young woman's virginity was not found, then they shall bring the young woman out to the entrance of her father's house and the men of her town shall stone her to death because she committed a disgraceful act in Israel by prostituting herself in her father's house. So you shall purge the evil from your midst. I like how because she didn't bleed when she got when she had sex. Yeah. She's all of a sudden a prostitute. Yes. Yep. It's not that, you know, some dude raped her one day or I don't know. She just likes to bone. Right. <laughs> or she had a fucking horse riding accident yeah. or something oh, crazy. Ride. Women didn't ride horses back then. Yeah, but something. If they did, they know. did side saddle. So the chapter goes on to explain that if a virgin is engaged and was raped within the city, then she and the person who raped her are both to be put to death because she can't because she didn't cry out for help. But uh, how how do they know that though? Right. How do they know she didn't cry out for help? Well, nobody heard. Is he just raping her in the middle of a busy fucking intersection? So they assume. So they assume since they didn't, nobody heard her cry out for help. That she 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 must have consented to it. I think we've talked about this before. Yes, we have. But it makes me hate. Men, a yeah, lot. I know. Well, whenever we talk about this, well, but <laughs> if she was raped in the open country, then maybe she did cry out for help and no one heard her. So then, you know, she doesn't need to be put to death. But if she was not engaged, then the rapist needs to pay 50 shekels of silver to her father, and she is going to be married to her rapist. That's one chapter from the book of Deuteronomy. And that's the kind of commands that the Lord, your God, Lindsay. That's not my God. <laughs> is making sure Joshua <laughs> follows. I see. Moving on. Joshua. I'm too uh, angry now to do this podcast. <laughs> I know. I know. We're starting off bleak with this. Uh, I can't be funny after being angry. <laughs> I know. If it makes you feel any better, it just gets more boring from here. Oh. Uh, so anyway, Joshua uh, starts giving out some orders about going into Canaan. Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, pass through the camp and command the people, prepare your provisions, for in three days you are to cross over this Jordan to go in to take possession of the land that the Lord your God gives you to possess. Then Joshua specifically reminds the tribes of Reuben, Gad, and uh, Manasseh that the Lord promised them land, basically. And for some reason, that I mean, he promised all of them land. Uh, so I don't know why, but we're skipping that. Okay. Like specific? Like, okay, so they all get the the main chunk of land. Yeah. But did these little uh, uh, subsets, tribes, get promised like a section of the section? It's funny that you say that because actually it specifically calls Manasseh a half tribe, which is true because Manasseh was a son of Joseph. 
And then he had another son whose name I can't remember now, but that was another tribe. So like, yeah, everybody talks about the 12 tribes Mm -hmm. of Israel. There's actually like 13 because Joseph's two sons had their own Ephraim, I think. Um, had their own tribes. You got to get into the weeds on it. That to... doesn't sound like a place I want to be. No, no. So I. <laughs> it, and what's interesting is at the end of the, at the end of this book, it's not interesting at all, actually. But um, <laughs> at the end of this book, they do. It's interesting if you're a fucking nerd like me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when you get to the end of this book, they do go into great detail about who gets what land, right? Which tribes get what land? They divvy it all up, and it it, it would be um, uh really boring to figure out to see if they get like half the proportion of the other land and stuff but i'm pretty sure it's not going to be that straightforward um anyway so uh okay joshua continues they answered joshua all that you have commanded us we will do and wherever you send us we will go just as we obeyed moses in all things so we will obey you Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your orders and disobeys your words, whatever you command shall be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. Didn't, but, but hold on. Because if I recall correctly, Moses had a real hard time getting people to listen to him. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) He's constantly like, I leave for five minutes and you're all pagans again? Yeah. Yeah. And like they kept bitching about food and shit like that. Like they were constantly threatening to like go back or start worshiping. We were better off in Egypt. Yeah. They constantly kept saying that. It's real funny that they're like, we'll obey you. Like we obeyed him. And if I were Joshua, I'd be like, I maybe like a better job. You're you're doing better than that. (laughs) (laughs) Spies like us. So this is Joshua too. Then Joshua, son of Nun, sent two men secretly from Shittim as spies saying, go, View the land, especially Jericho. So they went and entered the house of a prostitute whose name was Rahab and spent the night there. (laughs) (laughs) That was a very dramatic end to that (laughs) non-story. There's more to it. Okay. (laughs) I I just love the first thing they do. They go to a prostitute. They go to a prostitute and they spend the night. It's just, and they don't say anything about them sleeping with the prostitute or anything like that. But the first thing they did after wandering the desert for 40 years is they went to a fucking prostitute. Of course they slept with the prostitute if this story was real. but Of course. But prostitutes know a lot of stuff because people talk around them and lots of people use them. Um, so therefore they hear stuff and, and people don't think that they need to like be careful around a prostitute, but really they're taking all the information in. They're an excellent, all the, all of it. Yeah. They're an, it's an excellent place to start if you're in the spy game. Yeah. It seems to work out for them. (laughs) (laughs) The King of Jericho was told some Israelites have come here tonight to search out the land. Then the king of Jericho sent orders to Rahab, bring out the men who have come to you, who entered your house, for they have come to search out the whole land. But the woman took the two men and hid them. Then she said, true, the men came to me, but I did not know where they came from. 
and when it was time to close the gate at dark, the men went out. Where the men went, I do not know. Pursue them quickly, for you can overtake them. She had, however, brought them up to the roof and hidden them with the stalks of flax that she had laid out on the roof. So the men pursued them on the way to the Jordan as far as the fords. As soon as the pursuers had gone out, the gate was shut. Before they went to sleep, she came up to them on the roof and said to the men, I know the Lord has given you the land, and that dread of you has fallen on us, and that all the inhabitants of the land melt in fear before you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan, to Shion and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. As soon as we heard it, our hearts melted, and there was no courage left in any of us because of you. The Lord your God is indeed God in heaven above and on earth below. Now then, since I have dealt kindly with you, swear to me by the Lord that you in turn will deal kindly with my family. Give me a sign of good faith that you will spare my father and mother and brothers and sisters and all who belong to them and deliver our lives from death. The men said to her, Our life for yours. If you do not tell this business of ours, then we will deal kindly and faithfully with you when the Lord gives us the land. I like how your eyes roll when, when she was uh, saying... Yeah, their hearts melted. Yeah, the, 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 they melt in fear. Yeah. Yeah, it's so propaganda-y. It's yeah. great. Like, literally... It's a whole country of people. Yeah. Area of people, I guess. They weren't a country, but... The Israelites are... The the land they're coming to inhabit, right? Yeah, Canaan. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and they're afraid of these people who have been living in the desert for 40 years. Right. Doesn't seem scary. Yeah, so... To me. So, when we went through the Book of Numbers, we did talk about them, like, conquering certain some some kingdoms like yeah. you remember the story of Balaam yes and and everything that was in the book of numbers while they were wandering the desert right um so so stuff like that in theory according to this is like getting to yeah except they were them. eating food that fell from the sky and licking rocks for water yeah, so yeah. my guess is they weren't strong enough to overtake a uh, whole land from people. Well, no. Well, no. In actuality, right. no. No. I also liked how you kind of whispered that whole thing. Like, <laughs> like they were on the roof and nobody could hear them. So you were like kind of whisper talking the whole thing. Oh, in the reading? Yeah. Oh, I didn't notice I did that. <laughs> <laughs> I do find myself doing that stuff as like since I started doing these readings, I do find myself doing that stuff a little bit more where I'm like giving people different voices. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't mean to. I just notice myself doing it. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, so okay. I mean, she's doing what she's got to do for her family, I guess, right? Yeah. It's just weird that like everybody, I mean, the king doesn't seem overly concerned. He sent people after them. Right. So when she's like, we're all melted in fear. Right. Yeah. The weird state to be in, melted with fear. What does that even mean? To be melted in fear. Yeah. I guess it's powerlessness. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Just a big puddle. Yeah. Disorganized. Too much. Shapeless. 
shapeless blob of a thing. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. So here's a couple lines about the defeat of Og from uh, Deuteronomy 3. And we utterly destroyed them as we had done with King Shion um, of Heshbon. In each city utterly destroyed. Uh, in each city utter. Ugh. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> Christ. <laughs> I should have just pre-recorded this part too. Uh, in each city, utterly destroying men, women, and children. Mm. All but the livestock. Uh, but all the livestock and the plunder of the towns we kept as spoils for ourselves. So under God's direction, they were just going around. Committing genocide. Yeah, everybody. Yeah. Yep. They care about those babies, don't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those, those totally outside of the body, living children. Right. <laughs> I'm sure they killed plenty of pregnant women. Too, yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. And they let's let's be clear, they didn't kill all the women. They said that they did. No, no. There's that's that's another thing that's interesting about this is like I was watching a lot of Christian videos around explanations around the story of Joshua and stuff like that. And one of the things that comes up when it comes to that, when it comes to them talking about wiping out all the women and children of of a land. They'll then point to verses suggesting that those people are still there, like later on, mm. that there's still these people around and everything. And they're like, see, they this was just propaganda. They weren't actually killing everybody. So God is therefore not okay with killing children. Oh, you know, it's just them admitting that the Bible's propaganda. Exactly. What the fuck? Yeah, exactly. That's that's the thing. Is wrong with people. Yeah, but but the Bible is perfect. <sighs> so Rahab helps the prostitute. The prostitute helps them sneak out of the city. Mm-hmm. She tells them to go into the hills and hide there for three days before continuing on. Uh, they tell her that she needs to tie a red cord in her window and keep her family inside when the invasion starts. Or they're not responsible for what happens to her family and her, basically, right? So Right. They need to be inside with a red cord. Tied to the window. Tied to the window. Yeah. As a signal to say this is somebody. Well, if we know anything about people, yeah. when they're told to stay inside, the first thing <laughs> they want to do is not be inside. Right. So yeah. that's not going to work. Yeah. I, I think it. I think it's fine for her, ultimately. It but probably, yeah. I'm sure it is. But yeah. her um, dad was definitely like, this isn't real. <laughs> this isn't real. <laughs> I'm going to go out there. Everything's fine. This isn't I won't real. die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's that weird box those people are carrying. It's the Ark of the Covenant. <laughs> uh, Don't look inside. Right. Uh, when the three days are done, they they just go back to Joshua and report on all of it. So I guess the only detail Joshua needed was where's the closest prostitute. Right. <laughs> it's what it sure fucking seems like if you read this. Yeah. Like they, they went into town. Yeah. First thing they did prostitute. Yep. End King, of mission. King, fo- King, <laughs> End of mission. King found out about it immediately. Yeah. Somehow. somehow. Which is weird. No explanation for that. That he just found out they came in and went to the prostitute. Yep. And then he sent for the prostitute 
And she was like, I don't know. They left. They went that way. Yeah. Basically. Right. And they're like, all right. So then they hid on a rooftop <laughs> and then in the hills. But maybe when they were hidden on the rooftop and in the hills, they got like a peek at what the layout of the city is or like the movements of soldiers. I mean, that's what spies are supposed to do, right? They're supposed to like track like the guards change shifts at this time. Right. And their yeah. route goes here, 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 here. And here's where the prostitute lives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't kill her. She put a red cord in the window. Right. And I don't understand why they can't be like, this is where she lives. So don't so leave her alone. But, you know, the heat of battle I and I such. I wouldn't be surprised if there was like some sort of tradition around putting a red cord in your window. And they came up with this story to kind of like explain mm. away like this is why we do this tradition or something like that. I don't know. It seems like that's where a lot of these stories kind of yeah. end up popping up. Yeah. From, but. Well, if there was a tradition around it and you walked by somebody who had a red cord tied in their window, wouldn't yeah. you be like, should I put a red cord in my window too? Yeah. <laughs> why did she do that? What's going on here? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Or, or suspicious. Or, oh, that looks nice. Pretty. I think I'm going to do that. Yeah, right? And yeah. then all of a sudden, they all have red cords in the window. Really And then Joshua's ones. like, how many people did you guys fuck while we were here? <laughs> Is this like prostitute row or what's going on there's here? Like, there's like an elderly couple. <laughs> oh, God, guys. Come on. You know we were in the desert for a really long time, but... Yeah. Oh, hello, you, boys. You just don't need to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Splitting the Red Sea 2, the way of water. This is Joshua 3. Early in the morning, Joshua rose and set out from Shittim with all the Israelites, and they came to the Jordan. They camped there before crossing over. At the end of three days, the officers went through the camp and commanded the people, when you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God being carried by the Levitical priests, then you shall set out from your place. Follow it so that you may know the way to go, for you have not passed this way before. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, a distance of about 2,000 cubits. Do not come any nearer to it. Then Joshua said to the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. To the priests, Joshua said, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on in front of the people. So they took up the Ark of the Covenant and went in front of the people. So basically, they are you pronouncing that, that place right? Shittim? Yeah. I certainly hope so. <laughs> okay. I don't know. Maybe it's shit time. <laughs> Spelled pretty phonetically, though. It's S-H-I-T-T-I-M. Okay. Shittim, yeah. Shittim. Yeah. <laughs> Shittim. 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 Maybe it's, uh, I, it might better be pronounced that way. Shittim. Shittim. I guess we're just going to stick with Shittim, though. No, I mean, That's I've already recorded it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> How much is a cubit again? That's an arm, right? Yeah, it was like, I think a forearm. forearm. Yeah. So 2,000. 2,000 forearms. Stay about 2,000 forearms. <laughs> <laughs> like laying this guy's forearm. like, they're like laying their backwards. forearms on the ground. And like, 
Do <laughs> All right. I think it I don't okay, I hope this is far. <laughs> What's gonna happen if I get too close? Yeah. And he said about. Does that mean less it, he, or more? and that is really what's in there? About <laughs> two thousand cubits. Let's not get too precise right. with yeah, it. Yeah, just really what I'm saying is you don't get close. Yeah. Because I think the It'll idea the idea is that it would like, yeah, destroy people and stuff if you got too close yeah. and you weren't a priest and stuff. But uh like I don't think it ever fucking says that. I don't think God ever tells no. them like that's... And you in Indiana Jones though it actually happens. Well, yeah, you see it. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's mostly Nazis yes. what it kills. Yeah. That's what we've learned. Yeah. That's that's good. Yeah. That seems like it's original intent. Yeah. It would be <laughs> useful if we still had that then. Yeah, it would. <laughs> so, so the, the priests know where they're going, or does the Ark of the Covenant know where it's going? <laughs> that's a good question. I, I think Joshua is the one kind of leading it. So Joshua knows where where to go. Okay. I, guess. I don't know. It's not really clear. Yeah. But either way, he's saying just follow the Ark of the Covenant. Not too close. Yes. And everything. One they, thing. Don't worry. They won't go around any corners. Yeah. You won't lose sight of them ever. It's I just guess. A straight away. Just walk straight in that direction, and you'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one thing that pissed me off right the fuck off is because I thought you were going to ask about, well, what does sanctify yourself mean? Because oh. he says, sanctify yourselves for tomorrow. The Lord will do wonders among you. Yeah. Well, what well, does not sanctifying yourself mean? Like, I don't know. When you sanctify something, don't you just like put a bunch of holy water on it and pray? Yeah. That's the question, right? Like what does yeah. sanctify mean? Isn't it a lyric from a Madonna song? Like a virgin? The, like a vir- <laughs> that song I don't know. Weird. I don't know. Isn't it? She has a song that's called Sanctify My Love. I doubt this is what they're referencing. <laughs> you know? Like, so so I looked into what would that mean? Like what? So Joshua's telling these people to sanctify themselves. Mm-hmm. What does that actually mean? Like, what is it? Like, do you need to go like take a shower? Mm. You know, like, mm-hmm. what does it mean? And so um, I'm pretty sure that nobody actually knows what this fucking means. We know what the word sanctify means, right. which means to set yourself apart, but no one seems to know specifically what one needs to do in order to sanctify yourself. I see. Like, was it ceremonial washing? Was it making a sacrifice? Is sanctifying yourself different than consecrate, conse- consecrating yourself? Yeah. Yeah. I'm really having a hard time not saying concentrating yourself. <laughs> I know how to concentrate yourself. Yeah. You just boil yourself until you're reduced. <laughs> <laughs> Into a sweet, tangy hey. sauce. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Now, um, from the Googling I did. Yeah. I'm not finding anybody, any Christians aware of what sanctifying would actually have meant. I would imagine it changes from group to group. Probably, yeah. I would imagine that the Catholics believe that when you confess and then do like the little cross thing and use your beads and fucking put holy water on you, then you're sanctified. Right. But what would what would it have meant for Joshua right. saying that to them, you know, based on the scriptures we have? Right. Where is it laid out that this is what sanctifying, the process of sanctifying uh, is? And there isn't one. Yeah. You know why I didn't ask you what it meant 
Because you don't to, care. No, it's because I just assumed that it did like it was probably something bullshit anyway. I right. think. Like I in my head, I'm like, well, I know what it means to sanctify something. Yeah. So I just assume they're doing some sort of stupid thing <laughs> to get ready. Right, right. Which probably <laughs> is what it would have been. It probably would have been some sort of washing or something right. like that. But yeah. But the 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 point I'm making with this is it's not we don't know. Right. We don't know what it, it is. It literally could be like they have to shoot water up their ass and give themselves an enema. Yeah. Really clean it, it could up be. down yeah. there. You just never know. I don't although I don't know how an ancient enema would work. Right. Probably a team effort. <laughs> <laughs> team effort. <laughs> Can't imagine that's something you can do by yourself back then. It's like three people <laughs> that get it done. Yeah. Yeah. Four. Not not including the person. I was gonna say, yeah. If four you include the person for it, it's one on each butt cheek and another person to pour the water. <laughs> to spit the water. <laughs> I don't think you even spit it. You go ass to mouth. You never go ass to mouth, Josh. (laughs) Doesn't matter what we do in this show, it always comes back to ass to mouth. Yeah. (laughs) The Lord said to Joshua, This day I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel, so that they may know that I will be with you as I was with Moses. You are the one who shall command the priests who bear the Ark of the Covenant. When you come to the edge of the waters of the Jordan, you shall stand still in the Jordan. Joshua then said to the Israelites, Draw near and hear the words of the Lord your God. Joshua said, By this you shall know that among you is the living God, who without fail will drive out from before you the Canaanites, Hittites, Hevites, Perizzites, Girgashites, Amorites, and Jebusites. The Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of all the earth is going to pass before you into the Jordan. So now select 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. When the soles of the feet of the priests who bear the Ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, come to rest in the waters of the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan flowing from above shall be cut off. They shall stand in a single heap. What will stand in a single heap? The water. So so another... You trans- heap water? Yeah. So uh, in the New Living Translation, I, I checked another translation. In the New Living Translation, it translated this as into a wall. Like So it creates oh. a wall of water. Well, that's a much better translation than yeah. a heap. A right. heap of water. Yeah. Um, okay, so he's the so the water's gonna be parted again. But unlike in the Moses story where they make it sound like Moses parted the water, parted the seas. Yeah. This one it's just it's, it's just God. Yeah, it's God. It's the the priests walking into the water. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. It's uh, you know, meh. who cares? Yeah, well it's just <laughs> but yeah. <clears throat> it's yeah. just interesting because you hear like again, it's one of those stories like Jonah, where, like, as a non-religious person, I know the story of Moses parting the Red Sea is it's used as a fucking euphemism for any time anybody wants to part something. Yeah. Right? Like, parted the crowd, like Moses parted the Red Sea. You know, bullshit like that. Right. Um, but it, ha- it happens again. The Another water body of water gets parted. Yep. 
Yep, and it's the sequel to it. It makes it feel, well, yeah, I got that from your title. Um, yeah. <laughs> thanks for that, though. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> but it makes the feel. It's an uh, Avatar reference. Hey, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. That yep. you haven't even seen. No, no. <laughs> You're just playing to the zeitgeist of the time. Right. Um, it makes it feel less special that Moses parted the Red Sea. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if there was some sort of behind the scenes thing, again, going off of everything I learned from uh, when we covered in episode 10, um, I wouldn't be surprised if there was some sort of behind the scenes thing where they wanted to lift up Joshua mm. make, to give him more credence to, to similar to Moses. Right. They wanted to diminish Moses a little bit. And so they, they, this story works yeah. its way in and, not to shit on Moses, because I know people don't like it when you do that. <laughs> Although I feel like that is kind of how this whole podcast started. Um, <laughs> it is, kind of, yeah. Um, actually, like, the further we get into these stories and the more I know about that story and how his brother did a lot of stuff, it doesn't feel like he's that important. Yeah, yeah. I mean, really. Yeah. He spent a lot of time, like, he got, I guess he got him out of Egypt, right? Mm-hmm. But his brother did a lot of that work. But that again, that's like the combined stories, you right. know, where like there's that group of of Aaronoid, if I remember correctly, that's how you would pronounce it. Aaronoid priests, one's descended from Aaron, and then there's the um mosaic priests right. descended from Moses. And those two had warring, sort of warring ideals, yeah. right? Different denominations of being sure. priests. And so they were both trying to get different stories in, in holy stories that, or they both wrote their own versions of these holy stories. One that focused more on Aaron, one that focused more on Moses. And so when you combine those together, yeah, you get this weird thing where it's like they're vying for superiority, right. and it's um, very confusing. Yeah. So and and what I was trying to say with that is, so if you were growing up back then and you were living around the mosaic priests, you would have had a very strong narrative about Moses. Yeah. Right. And then if you were living around Aaron, Aaron priests, you would have had a very strong narrative. I see. The story you had been hearing would have been. Okay. Uh, yeah. But the stuff that Moses did now other people are doing. Yeah. Joshua is. Yeah. So, and he didn't have, Joshua doesn't have to go up to a mountain to talk to God. God just talks to him right then and there. He doesn't, Apparently. Need, he doesn't need his own little private tent. Yeah. Or, well, he does still have that tent. Does he? Yeah. Okay. They're not really talking about it, but, but the, he the does, tabernacle is a thing. Okay. So he still goes in there to talk to God. Is that in, where God's talking in, to him? I guess. In theory, it's not specifically said, Okay. but one could assume that's where he goes okay. to talk to God. Yeah. Okay. I was just thinking that like God was direct beaming into his brain. Yeah. This conversation. I don't know why God wouldn't. Moses needed a special place. Yeah. A time to commune with God. Right. It just makes it feel less important. Yeah. And you remember there was the whole pillar of smoke. Or pillar yes. of fire that God would come and be, and be yeah. that pillar of smoke and fire and yeah. stuff and talk to Moses that way. Right. Stuff like that. We don't really get that no. so far, at least with Joshua. It just makes it feel like Moses needed this, this show from God in yeah. order to. <laughs> 
I don't we need, know. We need a fireworks show. Just it's keep just... these people from descending back into paganism. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they need a lot of flash. And at this point, I think maybe maybe they're just so happy that they're leaving the desert that they're like, yeah, we'll listen to whatever you have to say. Just let's get out yeah, of this Yeah, can we desert. just go? I can't. Like, there's so much sand in my vagina. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to sit down. Can I please just sit down? <laughs> Whatever, we'll go to Jericho. We'll stop off at Jericho as long as this ends with me putting up my feet. <laughs> I really would like to take a bath. Yeah. I mean, it's been 40 years. <laughs> yeah. I really need to say, <laughs> really need to sanctify my underbits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? yeah they're sandblasted. Yeah. The smooth, but it doesn't feel good. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they're smooth, but dry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Itchy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when the people set out from their tents to cross over the Jordan, the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant were in front of the people. Now the Jordan overflows all its banks throughout the time of the harvest. So when those who bore the Ark had come to the Jordan and the feet of the priests bearing the Ark were dipped in the edge of the water, the waters flowing from above stood still rising up in a single heap far off at Adam, the city that is beside Zarethan, while those flowing towards the Sea of Araba, the Dead Sea, were wholly cut off. Then the people crossed over opposite Jericho. While all Israel were crossing over on dry ground, the priests who bore the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firmly on dry ground in the middle of the Jordan until the entire nation finished crossing over the Jordan. But... 2,000 cubits away from the Ark of the Covenant, right? Apparently, yeah. It's a good thing that they cut off the water so far away from where they were actually standing. Yeah, yeah. Do you imagine being somebody who, so I don't know how far away this city is, that city of Adam or whatever. If you are somebody living in that city and all of a sudden the water just stopped and you have no idea why, it'd be very scary. Yeah, or all of a sudden the water's building up. Yeah. You know? Oh, fuck. Yeah. This is just... Like, but then it's like stopped right after, like, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's just not how water works. Like at the end of the day, it's just not how water works. No, absolutely not. And I kept expecting you to say like the people with the ark, the priests, and like getting out of the river. And when the minute they step out of the river, the water just comes rushing down on everybody while right. still in the in the river. And then they, and then they're them. like, oh, oops. <laughs> Sorry. They had all the kids. All the kids were going out there on their inner tubes yeah. <laughs> in the river. And then suddenly the water comes out and they're just swept down the river. Yep. Josh, it's Friday night again, and I'm not going to sit here staring at my phone while you read the Bible and take notes like a fucking nutcase. We need to go out. You said you like it when I read the Bible quietly in my office and leave you alone. Can't do it, Josh. I need to feel something. Pleasure. Pain. It's all the same when you're this goddamn numb. But we don't have anyone to watch the kids. What kids? The ones we have because this is an ad for a babysitting service. Well, then let's call Baby Jesus Babysitter's Club. Baby Jesus Babysitter's Club? What's that? Are you scared of leaving your children in the hands of people who are unreliable, satanic, or gay? I sure am, gosh darn it. 
do you want someone who engages your children in all kinds of fun activities? Boy, howdy, do I? Well, then the Baby Jesus Babysitters Club utilizes the highest possible screening techniques to ensure your child is in safe hands. They send patent-pending prayers to God to make sure that the staff is 100% safe, responsible Christians. How about that? Why, you don't even need an FBI background check. You don't. And every Baby Jesus Babysitter comes ready to provide your child with fun activities such as prayer time, nap time, and bedtime. Whoa, <laughs> I don't know if our kids can handle that kind of stimulation. Well, they're certainly not getting it from you. What? And if your kids- Our kids? Get out of line, every Baby Jesus babysitter comes equipped with the Sword of Truth, which is what they call a six-inch by two-foot wooden paddle. Wouldn't that be painful? It has a padded handle. They also have the Soap of Shame which is what they call bar soap to wash your kids, Our kids mouths out when they get sassy. It's hygienic and effective. Use promo code BSFA at checkout to get a 10% larger sword of truth. Baby Jesus Babysitter's Club is only available in the continental United States, the only country still listening to 3,000-year-old advice on how to raise a child. Getting stoned down by the river. When the entire nation had finished crossing over the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Select twelve men from the people, one from each tribe, and command them, Take twelve stones from here out to the middle of the Jordan, from the place where the priest's feet stood. Carry them over with you, and lay them down in the place where you camp tonight. Then Joshua summoned the twelve men whom he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe. Joshua said to them, Pass on before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan, and each of you take up a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites, so that this may be a sign among you. When your children ask in the time to come, What do those stones mean to you? Then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off in front of the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it crossed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall be to the Israelites a memorial forever. The Israelites did as Joshua commanded. They took up the twelve stones out of the middle of the Jordan, according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites, as the Lord had told Joshua, carried them over with them to the place where they camped, and laid them down there. Joshua set up twelve stones in the middle of the Jordan, in the place where the feet of the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant had stood, and they are there to this day. Are they? Uh, apparently. Um, <laughs> okay, wait, wait, wait. I, yeah. I'm just, okay. So. Uh, yeah, I know. So they took 12 stones from the river. Yeah. And took them with them. I guess, yeah. And they had, sounded like they were substantial in size since he would, they were instructed to carry them on their shoulders. Right. So they're not perching tiny little pebbles on their shoulders and walking. That's what I would have done. <laughs> you didn't say what size they had to be. Right. But then he took... <laughs> Just make a big... It's like the size of your fist. Like, oh! <laughs> 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 Ooh, oh, oh. <laughs> but then he took 12 stones and put them in the middle. And then he just put it on the top of the pile. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, but he also put 12 stones in the middle of the river 
But isn't that where they got the stones from? It's all very fucking confusing. So first of all, the last line where it says that Joshua set up 12 stones in the middle of the Jordan and all that, that's a parenthetical for some reason. Mm. Um, it's just in parentheses there. What God says is to get 12, 12 men, have them take up 12 stones from here out of the middle of the Jordan, from the place where the priest's feet stood, mm-hmm. and carry them over with you and lay them down in the place where you camp tonight. And, but then Joshua seems to pick up 12 stones and put them and put them back, back I guess. Where the yeah. feet of the priests were. Right. Yeah. So they, so they did take those 12 stones and they, they're, we will see they, they set them up later where they camp. Uh-huh. But then also it sounds like he set up more stones in the middle of the river. Okay. So it sure sounds like to me. By Jericho in the middle of the Jordan River, there, there was be- a pile of stones right. there back then. And so they needed some explanation for that, I guess. Well, and they're like, the fact that they add and they're still there to this day. Yeah. Like, you can go see him. But wasn't most of this Moses story written like it was happening? Like, he was writing it while it was happening? Moses' story, yeah. But well, then, well. so... We know no, that it was. Not, like, they say that Moses, it's tradition that Moses wrote those. Right. But it was never, like, written as if Moses was the one writing it. Like, he, he was... If Moses was the one writing it, he was writing in the third person. Right, right. right. Um, but the intention, and, my point is the intention yeah. was that it was being written as events were happening. That's not even like when, when you read it, it, you don't get that impression at all. It's only tradition that suggests that that's right. The case. That's what I'm, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm not saying that like in the Bible, it, it says, right. Be like today. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. December 25th, 1952. <laughs> today we crossed the river. Now I'm not saying that it was written like that, the, but they say <laughs> on Christmas in yeah, 1952. Yeah. They random <laughs> dates out of my mind. <laughs> I was asking, I was asking Santa for a <laughs> red ride her BB gun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and God was, and God was like, "You'll shoot your eye out, kid." <laughs> <But>. Soinks. <laughs> Did he ever say Zoinks? I don't, I don't think, think he did. This is an old tiny thing. I think of. Scooby-Doo. <laughs> <laughs> Just weird. Um, but so, but, but you know, they they say they, the royal they, I don't yeah. know who they are, people who believe in the Bible. Tradition. <laughs> Tradition says. Yeah, yeah. that it, Moses was writing it as it happened. Yes. But then clearly this is switched to sometime later right but we don't know how much later but they do say and they're still there to this day yeah that's a good question i actually didn't even think to look this up i wonder who they think wrote the book of joshua because it wouldn't probably they probably don't think it was joshua i think but i don't know right um so yeah i don't know and also when they say when when your children ask you what these stones are for, and then they give them what to say, yeah, it doesn't really tell anybody what the stones are for. It just says that the waters were stopped there. Yeah, yeah. But why do you need the rocks for that? Because they hadn't written this down yet, and they didn't want to forget this bit. Maybe people are gonna remember. 
yeah what those rocks are for yeah ultimately it's probably i, I you know in theory this is the same reason why we erect any statues you i know. see so you're saying they took these rocks out of the river yeah joshua put rocks back in the river yeah they took these rocks where they were camping and then they just left them there right they're gonna set them up yeah so but, whose yeah. children are gonna ask about the rocks they're not living there anymore I, Did they tell anybody else what the rocks were for? So well, we in, walked in theory, past, this will be like, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. It doesn't guess, make any sense, Joshua. I, I, I guess not because, <laughs> like, it's a good point because, you know, where they're setting this up is, like, right by Jericho. And Jericho, spoiler alert, the is walls, about to be destroyed. The fall, I hear, yeah. is my understanding. Yeah. yeah. I don't know, though, like, if they then inhabited Jericho. Okay. I mean, they might have. But, right. you know, because it is their land then, yeah. you know, ultimately, at the end of the day is just that there was a pile of rocks there. Right. <laughs> or really, it was that th- this, again, is is a story of saying this is why we own that land. Right. You know, these rocks, not even those rocks. It's just like, here's God the story. Yeah, yeah. About it. Yeah. OK. And then they could have just set up a fucking pile of rocks right. and been like, see, Joshua did this. Just the the fact that they don't take them with them is. I don't know. I mean, that just means somewhere out in the middle of nowhere, there's just a pile of rocks. And someday, they, some dad with his kid walked by the pile of rocks. And the kid was like, why are the rocks piled like that? And the dad was like, I don't fucking know. You know yeah. you know what this is from? Do you remember? Do you remember when? Do you remember the story of the parting of the Jordan? <laughs> do you mean the Red Sea? No, I don't no. fucking mean the Red Sea. I said the goddamn Jordan. And that's what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> Mac. <laughs> This is from there. Those are river rocks from the dry river. Right. Where. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) So I made a note here. If you need one simple fucking reason to know that the Bible is not perfect, it's this. All the fucking run on sentences. Like Yoda speak. Like right. you say it normal and then you say it like Yoda. But you don't use a period. Right. To end the thought. Right. Or anything. You just use commas and It's more a beautiful commas. day. Today is beautiful. Yeah. Except then it has to also go on for five minutes. Right. It's like drilling in the idea without allowing a reaction. It just makes people sit there and absorb it. Yeah. Accept it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe. It's propaganda-y. Yeah, I mean, that's what salespeople are at the end of the day, right? Yeah, propagandists. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, really, they're selling an idea. There's a reason why um, a big thing in uh, Silicon Valley for for a while, it seems like this has died off, but um, I feel like in the mid-2000s, this was a big thing, was calling yourself an evangelist for a company. Oh. It was basically if you were like in charge of doing Gross. PR and stuff like that for, for like Apple yeah. and stuff, you know, there You're was an Apple evangelist. Yeah. That was like a thing. Yeah. I'm glad they got over that. Yeah. Yeah. I would be like, I'm, you're not calling me that. Right. Yeah. There's 8 million other words. They really were trying to like cult size corporate yeah. America. They don't need, there. they don't need to help that along. No, no, no. <laughs> Just look at the happens. fucking gun industry. Yeah, and shit, it happens you know? on its own. It doesn't need help. Yeah. Anywho, 
about 40,000 armed for war crossed over before the Lord to the plains of Jericho for battle. On that day, the Lord exalted Joshua in the sight of all Israel, and they stood in awe of him as they stood in awe of Moses all the days of his life. The Lord said to Joshua, command the priests who bear the Ark of the Covenant to come up out of the Jordan. When the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord came up from the middle of the Jordan and the soles of the priests' feet touched dry ground, the waters of the Jordan returned to their place and overflowed all its banks as before. The people came up out of the Jordan on the tenth day of the first month. They camped in Gilgal on the east border of Jericho. Those twelve stones that they had taken out of the Jordan, Joshua set up in Gilgal, saying to the Israelites, When your children ask their parents in times to come, what do these stones mean? Then you shall let your children know, Israel crossed over the Jordan here on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan for you until you crossed over, as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up for us until we crossed over, so that all the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty, and so that you may fear the Lord your God forever. You remember that thing you all just did and the thing you all had done prior to that? And the thing I just told you? Yeah. (laughs) That. That. Ditto. Ditto. (laughs) I think it's like I didn't realize, like I know the people holding the ark, the people, the priests. Yeah. The people. Um, we're not, in, they're had, not people. They're priests. Yeah. Had to be in there the whole time. But the fact that it was like they did this whole, I guess they would have had to have been in there when they got the rocks too. Makes sense. But I yeah. wasn't picturing them standing in there the whole time. And then so when you said it, I was like, oh, my God, they're just standing in there holding, <laughs> holding the Ark of the Covenant. Ah. Uh, I mean, that in and of itself is a miracle because I can't stand in one spot and hold something for very long without being like, this is stupid. I quit. And you know, it would be heavy too. Yeah. It's like all golden yeah. shit, you know? <laughs> Just standing. And it's the riverbed they too. Say it's, so it's like, they're say, probably they say sinking. it's dry. Yeah. But like, really what they mean is there's not full of water. Right. The ground You're is still dry. You're still deep in yeah. the fucking river muck. Mud. Yeah. yeah. And I'm sure you can't let the thing touch. The mud. The ground. Yeah. It's just, it's the exact same rules as the American flag. Right. Yeah. 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 You got to take it out of the rain. Right. You know, (laughs) (laughs) you're supposed to, if you're a real patriot. Right. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that was worth. No. Because he just said something that we had already discussed. Basically. If anything, he provided slightly more clarity about the message that people are supposed to pass on to their children when the children ask about a fucking pile of rocks because yeah. that's what all kids. That's how bored kids were yeah. back then. <laughs> this is rocks? what this is what we used to do before there were cell phones. <laughs> we would just go around to piles of rocks and ask our parents, "What are what, those? What are those? What are those? What are those?" <laughs> what are those? It's a rock. What are those? Also a rock. What are those? Well. Those are the rocks. <laughs> Those are the rocks from the priest's feet when we cross. Boring. Can I put it in my mouth? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. Sure. <laughs> it's the difference between moms and dads. Yeah. <laughs> Whip it out for the Lord. It's Joshua 5. This is the last chapter we're covering. Okay. 
when all the kings of the Amorites beyond the Jordan to the west, and all the kings of the Canaanites by the sea heard that the Lord had dried up the waters of the Jordan for the Israelites until they had crossed over, their hearts melted, and there was no longer any spirit in them because of the Israelites. At that time, the Lord said to Joshua, Make flint knives and circumcise the Israelites a second time. How does that work? <laughs> I know. If you cut off the foreskin of the penis, there's no more foreskin to cut off. Yeah, yeah. A second time? So he doesn't actually mean, like, cut. He doesn't actually mean circumcise the same people twice. Oh, but that's what it sounds like when you're just reading through yeah. it. It's like a second time. Haven't they been circumcising them this whole time? So they go into that. So Joshua made flint knives and circumcised the Israelites. This is the reason why Joshua circumcised them. <laughs> all the males of the people who came out of Egypt, all the warriors had died during the journey through the wilderness after they had came out of Egypt. Although all the people who came out had been circumcised, yet all the people born on the journey through the wilderness after they had come out of Egypt had not been circumcised. For the Israelites traveled 40 years in the wilderness until all the nation, the warriors who came out of Egypt, perished, not having listened to the voice of the Lord. To them the Lord swore that he would not let them see the land that he had sworn to their ancestors to give us, a land flowing with milk and honey. So it was their children whom he raised up in their place that Joshua circumcised, for they were uncircumcised because they had not been circumcised on the way. Yeah, Jesus fucking Christ, am I right? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> We get it. All yeah. you had to say is like they were born and we didn't circumcise anybody in the desert. It seriously, it strikes me. And I'm just now realizing this. I didn't even think of this when, when I was reading it or recording it. But it strikes me as somebody inserting something into the story that wasn't there when it yeah. was originally written. You know, that this is why. This is why he has to do this. Like, like it was in there that like the original version strikes me as like, no, they circumcised them twice, you know, mm. but the, this is like them saying, no, 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 this is why he had to do it right. because they weren't circumcised. And they, blah, blah, blah. they didn't, they, even though, even though it was a rule that they had to be circumcised, they just didn't do any circumcisions that whole time they were in the apparently, desert. Apparently. Yeah. Apparently. Even though, yeah. In, and you're right. Even though there was a commandment from Moses saying that when, uh, uh, the first, when, when a boy was born, I think it was eight days after um, they were born, they have to be circumcised. Right. You know, they have to have their bris. So that just wasn't happening. I guess not. But, you know, Moses had a a huge command over the people. Right. Yeah. Definitely. They were all listening to him. Right. Except now that there's 40-year-olds that need to have their dicks getting cut off. Right. Yeah. And we all know, if you listen to the earlier episodes what that's like when a whole bunch of people need to suddenly get their dicks cut off. Yeah. They're shut down for a while. Yeah, they are. Everybody comes and kills them. Yeah. (laughs) So right before they go into battle, 40,000 men, I assume women aren't going into battle. Yeah. 40,000 men about ready to go into a battle. And the first thing they're going to do cut their dicks, cut all of their dick skins off. Yeah. (laughs) It's like a terrible plan. Right. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> all like waddling, wide stepping, like they <laughs> rode a horse into town into Bell. <laughs> and everyone's like, "We're just gonna go. This is really freaky." Yeah. <laughs> You guys you know will do this to yourselves. We're a little worried about what you're going to do to us. We'll leave. We'll just leave. Yeah. You're going to yeah. have the city. Yeah. We don't need to fight. It's fine. You guys are fucking weird. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you still trying to take the walls down? <laughs> We're giving it to you. Yeah. Just come in through the door. Yeah. Stop waddling. <laughs> Here's a chair. <laughs> Maybe go sit in that magic river. Yeah. <laughs> Guess your guys aren't visiting Rahab anytime soon, are you? <laughs> All the Israelites were camped at Gilgal. They kept the Passover in the evening on the 14th day of the month in the plains of Jericho. On the day after the Passover, on that very day, they ate the produce of the land, unleavened cakes and roasted grain. The manna ceased on the day they ate the produce of the land. And the Israelites no longer had manna. They ate the crops of the land of Canaan that year. So it's an interesting thing that this so, is where man, manna stops. Okay. Yeah. So it was still raining down upon them. Apparently up to now. Just as they were walking through town, like just a bunch of food would come down from the sky for them. I guess. Yeah. Like as they, like before they got across the Jordan, you know, they weren't in the land of Canaan. Right. And so they so, were getting sky food. Yep. But now they're, they, they have produce of the land. Yeah. No more sky food. No more sky food. Sky food seems easier. I know. <laughs> sounded like it was pretty decent too. I mean, it kept them alive for 40 years. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it must be the, I, I wonder what like a, let's see, what would be the produce of the land? Like, uh, I don't know, rutabaga or parsnip or carrot or something. Could you imagine what that would taste like after just eating the same thing for 40 years? Yeah. Especially uh, manna, which is unleavened bread, right? No, I mean. It, uh, Did so we ever figure this out? It, there was, there's no good, like, there's, it's not a real food. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's. I couldn't the, the remember. Description, they, the description of it doesn't really match anything right. that we have. But it wasn't. I can't imagine it was like. Ambrosia. No, which I don't would, think so. Would be the the Greek version of the food of the gods, right? Right. Which is supposed to be delicious. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people do kind of compare it to bread, but yeah. yeah. Um, a carrot probably tastes really fucking good. Is I guess my point. Yeah. After yeah. eating manna for forty years. What's funny though is what they call out though is roasted grain and and unleavened cakes. Mm. Yeah. You know, so mm-hmm. it's bread. Yeah. <laughs> With so, some sugar in it. Yeah. Once, when Joshua was by Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing before him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua went to him and said, Are you one of us or one of our adversaries? He replied, Neither, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshipped, and he said to him, What do you command your servant, my lord? The commander of the army of the Lord said to Joshua, Remove your sandals from your feet, for the place where you stand is holy. And Joshua did so. It and sounds that- like he just got robbed. <laughs> <laughs> Give me your shoes. <laughs> and then the guy fucked off. <laughs> Or 
I'll stab you with this sword. I, found. I mean, what a better way to steal from a guy who yeah. you know is a holy guy to be like, I am the commander of the army of the Lord. Give me your fucking shoes. Yeah. <laughs> the ground's holy. The ground's holy. Give me your shoes. <laughs> what else do you want from Where'd you, you go? <laughs> yeah. Um, oh. I'm gonna I'm gonna say the sentence that probably pisses off Linz more than any other never comes up again. What? Yeah, <laughs> never comes up. Why? Again. Yeah. Well, what the fuck? <laughs> Why do you even tell that part of the story? I know. I know. One day when Joshua was standing outside Jericho, a dude showed up with a fucking sword. Yeah. And was the commander of the army of God. Was he an angel? That's the idea. Yeah. Okay. That's the, that's and told him to take off his shoes. This. Yeah. The end. Yeah. The end? The end. Yeah. It, it literally ends with, and Joshua did so. <laughs> and moves right on to the next thing. <laughs> he got robbed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is just like when Jacob wrestled that dude. And when the dude... <laughs> When he when when the dude dislocated his his fucking leg, and still Jacob was wrestling him, he was finally like, "I'm God, I'm God, just leave me alone." <laughs> you did well. Yeah, yeah. Your, your name is now Israel. <laughs> oh my goodness, I hate it when that shit. You're right. I know it's such bullshit. I know it's literally like. Joshua got robbed yeah. by a guy who convinced him he was an angel. And everybody else was like, oh, no, he just got robbed. Yeah. And Joshua was like, no, no, <laughs> no. He was a commander in the army of the fucking Lord, you guys. What am I supposed to do? He said the ground was holy. Well, yeah. why, why did he take your shoes and leave? I mean, the ground is holy, you guys. <laughs> No one of us, everyone take it off your shoes. <laughs> we walk barefoot. No, nobody gets to have shoes. No, now. barefoot. Barefoot from now on, yeah. this ground is holy. Right. <laughs> I didn't get robbed. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all we're covering for today. Right on. Next, we'll be getting into like the Battle of Jericho and okay. that kind of stuff. Is it more exciting? Not a lot of stuff happened in this. Yeah. I mean, they made it across the river. That's ultimately all the first five chapters yeah, covered. Yeah. Them crossing the river. I feel like that could have been done in like one hot take. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it could have. <laughs> but you got to talk about why there's stones standing right. in the river. Yes. And, and shoes getting stolen. <laughs> yeah. And eating produce of the land. It's really weird, and though. guys seeing a prostitute and doing zero spy work, yeah. actually. It, it must be, like, in the next chapter, because I, I could have sworn they had something about the Israelites recovering from getting circumcised mm. a second time. Yeah. Um, But they, they didn't have it in here, so it must be in the next chapter. It, like, if you were the king of Jericho. Yeah. And, like... If he knows that two dudes showed up to a prostitute's house, he knows that 40,000 men just cut off their dick skin by the river. (laughs) Why wouldn't you just take that opportunity to attack? (laughs) Just the the visual that you put in my head. It's a pile of dicks. Yeah. It's a heap. That's an actual heap. They had a heap of dick skin. In a single heap of of dick dick skin. skin. (laughs) Like, like, 
There's no way he does not notice all this dick skin around. When your children walk by and ask, what is this? You say, this This, is where 40,000 Israelites cut off their dick skin. (laughs) And it's still there to this day. I think it will get a little bit more interesting once we get into the battles yeah. and everything, but then it gets less interesting once we get into the divvying up the territories, which I'm planning on skipping a lot. Okay, of. good. So, yeah, I guess that's it. That's I Josh. I don't, I don't think we have any more. To, like, What more can you glean from this? No, really, I think you know? I think we uh, got all the water out of that stone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they all lived miserably ever after. Thank you so much for checking out our podcast. Help us share the good news by sending this to a friend or leaving a review to help others find us. And if you want to support us with a donation, you can do that on our website at bsfa.cc. Got to get that vocal burn in there. Yeah. Cut. Give it that intensity. I said cut. (laughs) I said cut. I said cut. Print. (laughs) Ha <laughs>